Welcome everybody to Marketing Management Money. This is your podcast with Ethan and Ryan. So this one, uh, I, w- I was working with a business recently and they started asking me a lot of questions. And these are typical questions. Uh, I actually get asked these questions all the time. But going through it again recently kind of got me thinking that, you know, these are common enough questions. We need to do an episode on it. And basically what it is is uh, now th- this particular business was kind of in the startup phase. Uh, but uh, I've noticed that the same thing happens whether you're in the startup phase or whether you are doing a significant expansion. Um, and so, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk a lot about uh, it's going to be startup planning is really what, uh, you know, what we're looking at here. But uh, it could be startup or expansion planning. And, and this is what I mean here. Um, so a lot of times when you are starting a business or you're getting ready to do a pretty significant expansion, what will happen is you, uh, you know, you'll think about the big things. You'll, 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 mm-hmm. you'll gear up with, uh, you know, some capital investment or, you know, getting loans or, you know, launching that new product. Uh, and, and all that, it, it's exciting. It's big. It, you know, it's a lot of movement. But what I have seen that just kills motivation and like can can ruin these big expansions is all of the nitty-gritty details all of the little stupid things that that just just happen all the time and and so i'm i'm going to start with uh now this is this is a different uh different experience but uh this is a good example of an expansion so, you know, I've been doing a lot of uh, international business lately, and uh, we've got some samples that we're sending over to Europe, and we got the samples all put together, and, you know, we were, uh, we were ready to go, and then all of a sudden, we realized that we had not fully communicated with the freight forwarder, and so the samples got held up on just the shipping labels. Like that, that, that was it. It was, it was shipping labels. And so, you know, you, you, you've got brand new products that, you know, they've been in R and D for a while. Uh, you've got all of the distribution that's been set up. You've got, you know, contracts that are in place, like everything. And, uh, it it was something simple of shipping labels. Now it's not going to kill the project, but it did cause the, uh, what happened is instead of doing the standard shipping, uh, had to move to expedited shipping, and so expedited shipping internationally, mm. ouch, you know, I mean, yeah. that's, that's expensive. And, and it could have been avoided, but it just, it was just an oversight by, you know, I mean, there were probably six people that were hands on and all six of them just forgot about it, you know, and, and that happens all the time. So that's what I want to talk about today is, uh, you know, what's that planning process when you're either in a startup or an expansion doing something for the first time, you know, what, what, what's that planning process and, and how do you, how do you remember all the little things, the stupid little things? Well, you, you know this, cause we've had conversations about this that, um, and I, I'll use the example of a restaurant cause there's a lot of little things. Yeah. Right. So, you know, when, when someone says, hey, I want to open up a restaurant, you know, the first thing that always I suggest to them is, have you went and sat in a restaurant and looked at all the little things? 
napkins, forks, knives, cups, salt, pepper shakers, condiment, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Because a lot of times they're thinking, oh, yeah, I got my cookers, I've got my vent in, I got my fridges, right? Everything big. All yeah. the big stuff. And then, then all of a sudden when they get down to it, now they feel like they've been nickeled and dimed because, oh, yeah, I got this. But it adds up when you, you know, have to buy a thousand pieces of cutlery, you know, and it adds up when I get to buy, you know, uh, 50 sets of salt and pa- uh, salt and pepper shakers. And, mm-hmm. and, but those are easy, easy things to forget. But if you'll, you know, like I suggest, if you'll just go sit in that restaurant while you're having lunch and just write down every little thing that you see, you know, and, everything. And, and, and I'm glad that you started with a piece of advice because it's pretty easy to go down this rabbit hole and just saying, oh, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, you know. So, like, I think that's excellent advice of, you know, sit down in that restaurant and take notes. And it doesn't have to be a restaurant. So, you know, I mean, if you are going to launch an e-commerce store, start right. going to other e-commerce stores and literally take a screenshot of what the page looks like and then just go through it, you know, kind of line item at a time. I get that there's a lot of visual to it, but literally check those boxes and say, okay, do I have all of my photos that I need? Do I have the, you know, the promo video that I need? Do I have right. my pricing? Do I have my discounts in place? Because I'm noticing here that they've got a discount. I'm noticing that they've got a bundle. I'm no, you know, and so, uh, you know, yeah. going in and literally just, finding another business that has done this and saying, okay, what do they have? I see this happen a lot of times with packaging. Someone has a beautiful product right? and they forget that they have to package it and they just think, oh, I'll just put it in a brown box. And I'm like, well, do you, I mean, is that going to suffice? And what size box do you need? And how many boxes do you have to buy? Do you buy them in quantities of 500 or do you buy them in quantities of 10,000 or, you know, and, and so just all these little, little, little things. So anyway, great bit of first advice is to just model, you know, another company that's doing it, take notes, scrupulous notes, and, and just jot down everything that you see. Um, another, another thing I like if you're going to start that planning process is uh, way too often we tend to, we're, you know, think of things as we're driving or we'll, or, you know, hey, we're walking down the street or anyways, these thoughts come to us. We think, oh, yeah, I'll remember that for later. But we never do. I know. Right. <laughs> so I always say, you know, you, you've got so to. So you're create- telling everyone while they're driving to take out their phone and make a note. Yeah, voice We did memo. not say that on this voice pod. Voice memo. <laughs> <laughs> you can always go, hey, Siri, make a note. Right. <laughs> Which I do. Hey, Siri, I need to make a note. Makes a note for me. Or, hey, Siri, send me an email. Uh, so, you know, with technology day, it's really nice that phones can do a lot of voice dictation. And, uh, and I really think is, uh, AI is more integrated into some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's going to become even more powerful. Yeah, absolutely. But, but the, uh, that's, so that's another thing I say but is can, that, can I add to that? Yeah. Because I know a lot of entrepreneurs that they'll make the note, they'll take the note, but then they start to make a mess of their notes. Because stuff is coming at you, you know, you feel like you're out on the battlefield and bullets are just whizzing by, you know, like that's how fast thoughts are coming. And you're almost in survival mode where you just like duck your head for cover is kind of what happens. So you need to, one, set aside time to get organized. True. If if you are in any sort of startup or expansion, 
you need to give yourself, whether that's, you know, 30 minutes a day or a couple hours, you know, the end of the week, whatever it is, and that is your time to take all of those text messages because you're like, oh, I'll remember it because it's a text. Oh, but was this one a text or an email? Or wait a second, maybe they reached out to me on social media or, you know, like just clean up all that stuff, put it into one place, put your checklist in place, cross things off the checklist, keep things updated. You'll have thoughts that you're like, I need to do this. And then two weeks will go by and you'll realize that was a stupid thought Take it off the list. Don't yeah. don't just let it clutter up your thoughts or your to do list or what you know. So like clean the clutter. It's just like you know cleaning the kitchen. If you're gonna make a meal, you clean the kitchen afterwards. And you can get by, you know, like you can make lunch and kind of leave a mess. But if you make lunch and then make dinner and then make breakfast, like the kitchen starts to get pretty nasty. And that's what happens with your business is you you got to clean it regularly. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to. You know, because there's a lot of, you know, websites out there, you know, because there's a ton of websites right now that just do these three, you know, three little minute articles. And uh, they're, they're, they're nice. But, um, you know, when you come to planning, it's always do you have your calendar and put everything in a calendar. And I, but that's, I find that when it gets into small business planning and, the, and worrying about those small details, um, the calendar is great for the big stuff. Mm hmm. It's not so good for that little stuff. And so uh, you, you generally have to find a different process uh, that works intuitively for you to do that. And for me, it's just uh, the note section in my phone, right? Yeah. And that's where, where I do it with all that little stuff. And then, like you say, as I, as I scroll through it and, or as things change, I can say, yeah, relevant, not relevant, easy to delete in and out. I like to stay something electronic. It's just easier to modify, rearrange, restructure, um, to do some of that stuff, but, um, yeah, just be careful on the, you know, on the big stuff. I think calendars are fine. I, I do agree with, uh, calendaring the big stuff and then noting the small stuff. I want to talk a second about time management and I'm not talking about making the most out of your day. I'm talking about giving yourself leeway, extra space. So anyone that's ever remodeled their house, if you're going to put in new flooring, what do they always tell you? That you need to buy, you know, 10 or 20% more square footage than what you measured. Why is that? Why the professionals buy extra? Because you need extra. And what happens is, you know, if we think that we could get something launched in a week, we're going to give ourselves a week. But the reality is, is it's like, well, I could get it launched in a week if everything lined up perfectly but, you know, I got to have, I, I can't get to C until A and B have happened. And if I get held up on B because I'm waiting on someone else, I've seen, so ever since the uh, supply chains really got messed up post-COVID, everyone's still going on these assumptions that, oh, yeah, you know, I can, I can get two-day delivery on everything. I'm like, no. Oh, there's a lot of stuff that's delayed. Yeah. And you just got to give yourself some extra time. And so if you're looking to launch a big project and you think it's going to take you, you know, three months, I would double it. And that's at minimum. And I'm, I'm talking for just pretty much anyone, you know, like if you are, uh, you know, if, if you are doing any sort of project, just give yourself plenty of 
extra time. And so, you know, going back to your idea of calendar, the big things, I personally, I wouldn't say like, okay, this is happening on October 12th. Boom. You know, say, okay, this is going to happen in October. Give yourself a full month to get that done. Give yourself plenty of cushion. What happens if you get it done sooner? Bump your dates up. It doesn't right. hurt you to bump your dates up, but it does hurt you to have to kick your dates out if you've already made promises to people. Yeah. Along that same lines with the time, I find that in large construction projects, they always build in contingency funding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we never do that when we start a small business. I never say, I need to have 20% contingency for those unexpected things that come up. Mm-hmm. And so I've budgeted everything out to the dime, something changes, now I'm in trouble. And so the same principle that they use in large construction projects where they have a 15 to 20% contingency and funding that's set aside for the unexpected is a really good practice to also have when you do a startup. It's a little bit tricky when you're working with loans and other things like that, um, but it can be done. And, and you'll find that now when those little things start to cream up, you're not so stressed about it because, wait a minute, where do I have to adjust my budget to do this? You know, okay, great. That can fall into that contingency category. You know, we'll have to watch that section so it doesn't get out of control. But but now it takes a lot of the stress off of uh, the financial side of, of those little things. So I, I, okay, this just happened to me. Uh, I'm working with this business. They've got a new product that they're getting getting ready to launch. And I was talking to them. You know, they came to me and they said, can, can I get some help on launching this product? And I'm like, sure, yeah, happy to do this. And so we started looking at it. I'm like, what, you know, what exactly are you looking to do? And they're like, well, we are going to manufacture the product. Um, it's just kind of a small product. And so, you know, they looked at it and they're like, we can buy some equipment and we can actually do the manufacturing on it. I'm like, okay, what's your equipment cost going to be? And they're like, we can actually keep them pretty low. So our break evens are going to be low. And I'm thinking to myself, this is good. You know, you're thinking through the process. And so you're just trying to hit a break even. And so, you know, I asked them, I'm like, what are your break evens? By the time you purchase your equipment, how many of these products do you have to sell to, you know, break even? And they said, well, we've got it estimated at 90. We're going to round it up to an even 100 just so that, you know, so, so that we've got that, that cushion that they're putting in there. And I'm like, okay, this is perfect. You guys are thinking through this process. Then I asked the question, I'm like, how are you going to sell 100 units? And they're like, oh, 100 units easy because that's not very many units. And I'm like, no, 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 no. How? Like, I want to know the sales plan here. And so they said, well, we're going to start with our networks, you know, people that we know. And that's where most businesses start, kind of that friends and family. And so I asked him, I said, realistically, between you and the owners, how many products are you going to sell to friends and family? Does every single one of your friends want one of these? How big is your family? They're like, well, no, you know, like we're going to go after friends and family that still fit in our target market. I'm like, so realistically, how many of these are you going to sell? They thought about it a second. They're like 10, maybe 20. Like, okay, that leaves 80 to 90 units that you still need to sell to complete strangers. So I asked them, I'm like, what's your marketing budget? And that's where they hadn't thought about that. So when you're talking about Mm -hmm. contingency funding right now, so I'm saying you've got 80 to 90 units that aren't going to sell themselves 
And, you know, don't go to word of mouth. I'm like, if you only sell 10 or 20 units, how many word of mouth units are you going to sell from that? Two or three? Nowhere close to 80 or 90. And so you've got to have a marketing budget to push another 80 or 90. So they thought about that. And they actually went back to the drawing board and realized that they were significantly underfunded because the equipment purchase was not the major purchase. It was the selling cost that was going to be the big cost. And, and so, you know, kind of an interesting example, um, you know, and where they are today is they're actually going through and putting together a sales strategy. So I'll be curious to see, you know, where that comes out and what that looks like. You know, again, good planning. I'm glad that they planned it before they actually, you know, I've seen so many people, they'll buy equipment. When you're talking about restaurants, mm-hmm. I had this, uh, this business that I was working with years ago. They literally went out and bought all of their furniture and that was the first thing that they did is they went and bought a bunch of tables and chairs and they never actually ended up launching the restaurant because there were so many problems. And so literally in their garage was restaurant furniture. Well, and I, I've had worse where they've actually uh, put down and well, in two cases, they actually leased buildings before they had building permits, planning and zoning, because they were, they just... They're so confident that it's yeah. going to work. But and they, they just jumped way too far ahead in that planning, and and it, and it came back to bite them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the one case, uh, it actually didn't even work out. The other one, it did, but it took about a year longer. But now uh, they were, you know, paying uh, for a whole year's worth of a lease that didn't need to happen. Yeah. So my bit of advice, you know, because we're trying to interject some advice in here as to how to do that. And I guess I should clarify, the reason I'm using the term advice is to say because it's a startup, because it's an expansion, it is going to be uh, unique. And it's impossible for anyone to say, okay, if you do A, B, and C, it's going to work. And so, you know, I'm looking at this from the viewpoint of advice and saying, okay, when you're doing a big expansion, uh, but... The advice is map the whole thing out before you spend any money. Just put it all on paper. You can put it in a spreadsheet. You you can, you know, use there's some really cool softwares out there that you can, you know, they, they have the arrows that point to all the little boxes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really care what you do, but don't skip that step. Don't skip the step of mapping out the whole thing before you jump into this because everyone's like, oh, we'll just, you know, we'll fill in the details later. And I'm like, the details are what kill you. Yeah, especially the small details. You know, it's funny because rarely uh, does anyone ever say, hey, look, I'm going to go on a vacation to, I don't know, let's pick Disneyland. Yeah. Um, and say, all right, we're leaving tomorrow, right? I, I, no, I, you, you've done some stuff in advance. We know about how much gas we're going to have to use. We've booked our hotels. We kind of decide whether we're going to eat in the park or whether we need to find a grocery store when we get down there. I mean, we, we look at all of that stuff before on vacations, that, those little details. We're really good at it. Uh, and I don't, it's just funny though that when it comes to business, it doesn't, we, we don't do that. <laughs> and I don't know why. Like, I think this Disneyland example is a great example because you don't buy the tickets and then ask people what dates they're available. Yeah. Like, 
everyone has sat down. Okay, when are you guys available? When can and, we do this? And when? you always price out plane tickets, hotels, you know, yeah. park tickets. You've got an idea of what it's going to cost. And when you're on the phone talking to your friend or your family trying to get them to come, you're saying, okay, we're going to do a trip to Disneyland. We've got it estimated that you're going to need 1500 bucks a person. So family of four, this is a $6,000 trip. Are you in? Yeah. Before you've ever yeah. bought, you don't call them and say, hey, I bought your tickets. Now let's decide if we want to do it. But in business, yeah. they do, you know, like to yeah. your point. Um, but at the same point, see, this is what I love about the Disneyland trip is we don't, we never build in, or we rarely, okay. Uh, I find that most people won't build in the fact that what happens if I blow a tire on the way down? Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, do I need a budget? I better budget a little bit extra money because if I blow a tire, I'm going to have to have it fixed. But we don't, right? Um, yeah. Um, so that's what that's what we're kind of talking about when we talk about planning in a business is that that bigger stuff you always get and we plan it out and we're pretty good at a lot of that stuff. But those odd things that we hope don't happen or we don't really want to think about, we just kind of ignore. Mm-hmm. You know, we even know they know they're there. You know, because it, it's rare that you're going to blow a tire, you know. It's rare in business that, you know, some major thing that's going to be crippling to the business is going to come up. It is, but they do happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, both you and I can uh, probably do a whole episode on just the unforeseens of a business and give example after an example from our experiences of working with people that, that some you just shake your head and you go, okay, you should have seen that one coming. That right. one's obvious. And other ones you're like, yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, I matter of fact, COVID is a great example. That's a tough one. That's just a hard pill to swallow. Right. No one saw that coming. Right. Nothing. Okay. But um, the post inflation after it, you should have seen, seen that, that coming. coming. That's right. You know? So okay. I, I, I want to pivot a little bit if it's okay, because there's, there's an aspect of, you know, an expansion or a startup, you know, um, that, and this happened to me personally, that I think is kind of interesting and worth uh, talking about. So uh, with my own business here, Marketing Management Money, uh, looking at creating uh, an expansion with, you know, the content that we have, where that content is available. And so I needed to get organized on the digital front. Now, one of the things, and it kind of drives me crazy, everything is a subscription. And, you know, and, and so... I start going through and I start doing this analysis of all the subscriptions that I've got to support the website, e-commerce, social media, you know, uh, security, privacy, and and everyone has their service and everyone has their upgrade where it's like tack on this and tack on this. (laughs) And so I looked at this and I'm like, okay. I'm going to get organized. I'm going to make that plan. I'm going to map it out, you know, just like what we were talked about. I'm going to map it out. And I started getting so sucked into all of these subscriptions. And the thing, you know, I started looking and I'm like, okay, when does this subscription expire? Do I want to do a one year on this or a five year? It's cheaper if I do five years. And, you know, and so, and then my mind starts going to, okay, do I want to, you know, favor cash flow or do I want to favor profitability? Because, you know, if I'm trying to preserve cash, then then I, I pay less up front. But if I want to take those discounts, that's going to be better for profitability. And I'm doing all this analysis. And then it finally dawned on me when I'm honestly, you know, it's that analysis paralysis. I'm getting paralyzed by so much analysis. And I stopped for a second 
And I looked at it and I realized that I was spending time calculating like $20. It was so small, you know, because these discounts on, and these subscriptions, like every subscription is, okay, if you want your, you know, your, your passwords to all be in a vault, you're paying, I don't even know what they are, but it, you know, it's like eight bucks a month kind of thing. Right. And, and so the, the total annual cost on this is $96. And if I buy a two-year thing, they're going to give me a 10% discount. I'm like, oh, I got to get that 10% discount. And it's $9, yeah. you know? And so I'm doing this huge analysis and then it started dawning on me that I need to focus on my business and not get sucked into all of the little nuances and having to make that perfect decision. And I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at here is in this planning process, you know, I mean, we kicked off the episode with talking about sitting down in a restaurant and, you know, taking all of these notes about every little thing that you that you can see. Don't get stuck into the trap of, you know, like sitting in that restaurant and saying, I can't leave because I might miss something. You know, yeah, you will miss something. You will make a mistake. That's not the point. The point is to try and omit as many mistakes as possible, but still move forward. And so if you've got that list, if you've got that to-do list, just move forward. If you've made a calendar, move forward. Like keep the forward momentum. Don't get stalled out with stupid little decisions. Yeah. Uh, great advice. Um, you know, I guess probably maybe one of my last thoughts on the, the planning process is I always like to have um, a, a sounding person or a sounding board. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes it's even, you know, someone that I know where I say, hey, sit in the room. I just need to talk out loud about this problem <laughs> and I don't want to look crazy because as I talk out loud, I hear it differently. Yeah. And so, and I'll find that as I'm talking it out loud and I'm listening to myself talking out loud, I connect some of the dots, but I'm amazed that uh, nine times out of 10, they'll make one comment that just now puts it all together. Mm -hmm. So I really like in the planning process as I'm thinking through stuff um, to have a person or persons that I can just bounce some of that stuff off of. Not that I really am reaching out to them f solely as a mentor, if you know what I mean, as much as um, as you talk through things, you hear it different and you're able to fill in gaps that, that you, you either missed or didn't know how to fill in. Well, and with that, you know, when you mentioned not necessarily as a mentor, I find it very beneficial to talk to people who know nothing about the business, True. who don't have any that's experience. Very, great. That's great advice. You know? That's, that's better than what I just said, actually. And, and, and so, and, and that doesn't give you a green light to avoid people who have expertise. Ideally, you want to talk to both, but uh, it is because you're, you're biased you and are. That, that's the point I love that you bring out is that you're biased. And so, uh, you filled in blanks that you didn't even realize you filled mm -hmm. in or that shouldn't have been filled in or that completely wrong because of how you think. And then someone who knows nothing also asks a few questions and you're like, don't you get it? Obviously not because, and then you have to rethink that and the plan, you adjust your plans accordingly. Yeah. That's a great advice. Yeah. And so if someone who knows nothing about it, if they're understanding it, it means that you haven't skipped steps. It means that you filled in all of those gaps and it means that you've simplified it to a level that the average person can, can yeah. manage. That's it. 
as soon as you said that, I mean, I, I loved it. And it just reminded me that I tell people, if you write a business plan, uh, take it to a sixth grader and see if they can understand it. <laughs> if they can't understand what you're trying to do, you, you've you got to start over. So co- cool story, right? Uh, I was working on this project and uh, <clears throat> I, I had the kind of the instructions on it, uh, you know, sort of written everything out. And this was going to get published, and so you know, I uh, I had it go through some editing, and there were three people that ended up editing it, uh, myself, and then one of them was an editor, and then uh, there was another person who was just kind of like adapted words. So anyway, I ended up leaving this thing out, and my son, who is in fifth grade. He picks it up, and it wasn't super long, you know. He picks it up, and he's just curious what it is, and he gets sucked into it, and he starts reading it, and he comes back to me, and he's like, hey, Dad, uh, that thing you were working on, uh, there's two typos in here. I just wanted to point them out to you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you're a rock star, you know. (laughs) It was just, you know, and it had gone through three editors, and and here you had literally a fifth grader, you know, that just, just... Picked something up on it, and uh, and so and when I pointed it out to uh, one of the one of the people that edited, there's like, oh yeah, yeah, I missed that one. <laughs> so anyway, well, I think I think we'll probably probably wrap up there. Um, just just be smart, and and I guess I guess I do. I kind of want to wrap up with this, and that is to say that. Uh, you know, I mentioned that this can be for an expansion. This is the type of stuff you should be doing in your business all the time. Like, yeah. don't don't wait until something big happens. If you haven't taken the time to just, you know, sit down and, and try and look at your business from an outside lens or, you know, ask a sixth grader to review your business plan, just do it. That, that That's a good thing to do. So I'll, I'll leave that as my takeaway is, uh, you know, get out there back to basics. Well, thanks everyone for joining us for another episode of marketing management and money. Uh, hope you found a few tidbits in there that you can use and apply in your business. And thanks for joining us. Take care.